there. Welcome to Football with Grant Wall. Thanks so much for joining me. Today's interview guest is Gio Reyna, the 17-year-old American at Borussia Dortmund. We've had some great interview guests lately, including Jurgen Klopp, Pellegrino Matarazzo, and Andy Williams, along with many others. So check those interviews out. It would be absolutely huge for this podcast growth if you could subscribe, recommend us to your friends, and take just a little time to rate and review us in Apple Podcasts. Now, here's my interview with Gio Reyna. Our guest today is Gio Reyna, the 17-year-old American attacking midfielder at Borussia Dortmund, which begins its Bundesliga season on September 19th at home against Borussia Mönchengladbach. Gio, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. First off, congratulations on what you've been doing over there. It is really impressive. Um, it hasn't thank been you. that long since this, the last season ended in late June. How are you viewing your role with the team this season? And, and has that role changed in any ways since the end of last season? Yeah, I mean, I think last year... You know, I came in and I was still trying to learn a lot and I still am now, but it was a little bit different of a role. I was still trying to, you know, feel some of the guys out, feel the coach out and, you know, still get used to the first team. So I think now I've, I'm slowly in in the process of making a big step and throughout the season, I'm going to keep on making the big step, hopefully. But yeah, I just think, I just think everybody expects more out of myself and I expect more of myself too, so I think everybody's really excited to see what I can do this season, and I know I'm especially excited, but um, yeah, I mean, for me, I just want to play as much as I can, and we'll see what happens, but yeah, I'm definitely confident that I'll get a lot of playing time, and then just keep on working from there and get a lot of wins and win titles. So what are some of the particular things the Dortmund coaching staff has been asking you to work on during the preseason so far? Yeah, well, I've had a good preseason so far, but um I mean, for me, I think the main thing right now is just to slowly get stronger and stronger because uh, the game is physical at the professional level and especially in the Bundesliga. So, um, yeah, I've, I've been doing a lot more in the gym recently. And, you know, last season I, I got um, a few times beat off the ball too easy or lost too many 1v1s or 50-50 battles. So I think this year that's what uh, can really help me take my game to the next level is, you know, just being able to compete with these guys a little bit more and win some of these duels. And when you say preseason's been going well so far, I, I've watched a couple of these games that have been available. What's been going well? You know, the first, the first, you know, little part of preseason, it was a little bit slow, and I was still a little bit jet lagged. And then I think once I finally got into a rhythm, I, I got more confident with the team again, and you know, I was really happy to be back. But I think, yeah, um, I think everybody in general as a group is, is is feeling great right now. A lot of guys with the national team are just getting back, so. Um, everybody's, you know, working their way to full fitness. And for me personally, um, yeah, I've had some good games so far and I've scored some goals. But, yeah, for me personally, I just have to keep it up and, you know, see what happens in the coming weeks with the games. But hopefully I can, you know, get a lot of minutes. We've seen you play wide. We've seen you drift in a bit more centrally. How does that get decided? And, and do you think you'll play more wide or centrally this season? I think uh, so far in preseason, I've been playing a lot of, a lot of uh, attacking mid so far, which I really enjoyed. I think that's you know my natural position. That's where I can kind of excel. But uh, I think also I've been playing a lot of, a lot of out left wing and right wing, and even as a false nine throughout my, 
youth career too. So that's if uh, that were to happen this season, I don't think it'd be uh, too difficult for me to pick up on. But yeah, I just think that's a good thing that I have is I'm able to play a few, a few different positions. But um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. It also depends on the formation and you know how we're trying to counter the other team's uh, tactics and stuff like that. You know, some some games will play maybe a four three three, or some games a three four three, and then some games a three five two. So. Um, you know, that's one of the good things about our team is we have a lot of versatility and a lot of players who can play different positions. So I think, uh, yeah, we just have to see. But I think throughout the middle is where I've been playing a lot this preseason and I've been doing well. So hopefully uh, I can continue there. So from what I've read, it seems like you've gotten pretty tight with Erling Holland and Jaden Sancho, which makes sense. They're closer in age to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I want to start with Holland. What have you learned about him on and off the field with Holland I think to start he was you know we came in to the first team at the same time they bought him from Salzburg and you know I got promoted in the winter too so um I just think right away we had that that bond and you know we could understand each other because you know when we went to the training camp we had each other to speak to and you know not knowing all the guys as well as we'd like to or as well as we do now um I just think yeah we were there for for each other in the beginning and you know since then, he's really excelled, and he's kind of, you know, taken me under his wing, and he's helped me in many different ways. But I think one of the things I can take from him is kind of, for him and Jaden, I think Jaden is, you know, naturally just so gifted with, you know, his skills and his technique and what he can do with the ball, where Erling, of course, is so talented too. But I think um, with him, I think it's hard work that can kind of kind of overshine everything that he has. I think, you know, you see him. He's one of the first there. He's one of the last to leave every day in training. So that's what I'm slowly trying to pick up on him and the way he eats and how he always thinks about um, what he can do for his body, whether he's at home or whether he's at training, just taking care of his body. So I really admire that about him. And yeah, I'm still trying to learn from both of them. But like I said, I think Erling's hard work and you know dedication to the sport. And he really takes it as like a, as a full-time job, you could say. I mean, Jaden Sancho's obviously, he's been at Dortmund a bit longer than you guys have, but you know, he's another guy you're fairly close in age to. What have you learned about mm-hmm. him on and off the field? I mean, I think off the field, I think he's a very, he's very relaxed, you know, cool, cool guy. He, you know, he likes to have fun. He's very, but he's very chill. He gets on with everybody, he gets along with everybody. So, but I think, uh, yeah, we get along. We have jokes, you know, we speak English, obviously, which makes it a lot easier for the both of us, which has helped. But, um, yeah, on the field, you know, like I said, he's so talented. He has a, he does things that I've never seen before. He has some skills that I've never seen before. And yeah, I think not only that, but you know, he's really efficient the way he scores goals and creates chances and gets assists. So I think, uh, yeah, I think he's, you know, one of the best players in the world already top 10 in my eyes. So, and he's still only 20, which is a huge statement to make, but I think you know, from what I see every day in the training, I think it's definitely fair to give him and also in the games. But uh, yeah, he's definitely got a huge career in front of him. At one point, it seemed like Sancho sounded like he was saying his goodbyes to the team. It might be headed elsewhere. But then Dortmund said Sancho's staying. What's that process like when you're viewing it as his friend and, and teammate? Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit complicated, you know, for me to say and the players to say because, you know, maybe some some friends know a little bit more and I'm particularly closer with him than a few other players. So I think it's, but still you just, it's not your business. So you try to stay out of it a little bit as much as possible. But at the same time, you're trying to just understand the situation or if 
what you hear in the media is true. So, um, I think, I think, uh, you just have to be cautious with it. You try to, you know, keep your distance and, you know, if he, if he needs advice or if he needs any help with anything, of course you're there. But I think, I think it's more just up to him and the clubs to decide. But yeah, with him, I, I think, you know, there's chances that he was going to leave, but I think in the back of his head, he always knew that, you know, Dortmund is where he's at right now. And like I said, all the players can probably say the same thing. He's been, you know, working hard all preseason. He hasn't taken it lightly, uh, thinking he's going to leave. Um, he hasn't, you know, shown up late to training. He's always coming in with a good attitude. So I think uh, regardless of if he thought he was going to leave or not, I think the attitude he and respect he showed to his other teammates was, you know, really something he can be proud of. And, it, you know, we definitely made us all happy to, you know, get that respect from him. Bayern Munich is obviously a great team. They're the champions of Europe. You guys have Bayern coming in the German Super Cup on September 30th. How big is the gap between your teams? And, and what do you guys need to do to close it? Yeah, I mean, I think to close, I mean, I think we have, I think it's fair to say that we have a better squad than last year with, you know, a few, you know, strong, strong additions to the team that'll, you know, kind of strengthen out and put like a backbone into the team in a sort of way. So I think we also have more depth now because there are going to be a lot of games this season and in a short amount of time. So, um, I mean, I, I'm not quite, I don't, I don't quite sure. I'm not quite sure how many points we lost or we were behind them at the end of the season last year, but I know it wasn't that much until the end maybe, but I think the season before the same thing, we were ahead of them for a long time. And I just think, you know, if we can take care of all the games we need to take care of um, against other teams or at least, you know, try to drop, you know, the most small amount of points as possible against the other teams. And then, you know, if we take, if we can definitely beat them in a, in a one game, in one game at home and we have, you know, hopefully fans can come back or something like this with the support from them. I think it's definitely possible we can beat them. And then, yeah, I just think the consistency has to be there, which is, you know, kind of uh, not falling our way in the last two seasons. But for me, in particularly last year, I know it was tight for a bit. And then I, we lost a few games that we shouldn't have that kind of, you know, handed them the title at the end. But yeah, I mean, like you said, I think also for the Bundesliga in general, it's, it's tough because they're really good. But I think it kind of, you know, people say Farmers League and then people say this and people say that, but it shows you how good the level is. I mean, they're the champions of Europe and, you know, we only fall like five or six, seven, eight points behind them every year, which is we only one or two games. So I think we're not behind them. We're not that far behind them at all, but of course they're an amazing team. But yeah, I'm excited to play against them this year and see what happens. We've seen, you mentioned some additions that you guys have had in the off season. I'm thinking of Rainier. Are there, has he stood out so far, like in terms of what you've seen so far of Dortmund additions, who's, who's standing out for you? I think it's, it's tough to say at the moment because um, obviously, you know, the club has a great scouting system and, you know, I'm sure all, all three are Jude, uh, Thomas Mounier, and I know Renier, they're all going to be good additions, but I just think it's a little bit different situation. As you know, with Renier, we had a friendly game yesterday and that was his first match he played in six months so for him it might take a little bit longer to get fit and you know it's tough when you don't do that I had to do that for a little bit of time too but um yeah when you don't play for six months it takes you you know maybe one or two months to get fully fit which he's only been with us for about I think two and a half three weeks now 
So, I mean, yeah, but you can see his quality in training, and he's obviously a good addition to the team, some energy, and I think with him, just once he gets uh, slowly more and more integrated in the team and more rhythm and more, yeah, more comfortable in Dortmund, I just think, you know, then he'll be able to help to the team more and more, but you can see that uh, that's going to be a great addition. And when Jude, I think... The way I look at Jude is, honestly, I'm just really happy he's here as a friend, you know. But, of course, um, yeah, he's, he's a really good player, too. And, you know, to play, I think he played 40-something games in the championship last year as a 16-year-old, which is, you know, really unheard of. And, you know, he just set records with England's U21. So I think, I think the talent kind of speaks for itself. I don't really have to speak on that. But I think, you know, he's another midfielder that can kind of bring bite and, you know, bring a little bit of... Uh, yeah, fight and into that midfield and a little bit more life and energy when we need it from from youth. So, uh, and for him to be so young and doing that right now is really impressive. And I think with Tomal Muni, I mean, obviously he, he was a little bit injured in preseason. He only played, I think, the first two weeks. But I mean, he's started for Belgium in the World Cup. He's played in Euros. He's played in Champions League. So, I think with him, I don't, I don't. Even if I haven't seen that much of him lately in training yet or in games yet, I just don't think you need to really explain anything about him. He's a machine. He's a he's already a great 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 guy around the locker room. He you know he gives advice to the young guys and yeah, I just think he's a, a great addition t- to the team in a little bit different way of Ashraf. I think he's a little bit more more uh, strong defensively for us, but of course, yeah, it's a great great um, addition for us. It's been written about a fair amount. Your mother, Danielle, and your father, Claudio, both played for the U.S. national team. It seems like the way you play is kind of a mix of her speed and attacking ability and and his (laughs) poise on the ball. How has each one of your parents influenced you the most over the years, whether it's soccer or just how you approach things? And let's start with your mom. I mean, with my mom, I think she's always like, you know, of course, she had a an exciting young college career and, you know, had a few caps with the national team. But I think with her, it was always I never really looked at her like that. I always looked at her as a mom. And I think that's what she wanted to be looked at, looked at as. But, uh, yeah, you know, but she, she understands the game. And if, you know, with her, I think it was more about effort where, you know, if we weren't playing a good team and I wouldn't give, you know, all my effort or if I would slack off sometimes, then she'd then I definitely hear a lot from her in the car ride home from training or after a game or something like that. And I think with my dad, it's a little bit uh, just more free. I think he's always there to help me, but, you know, keep me grounded at the same time. Um, You know, he doesn't tell me I do well often or rarely does, but, you know, I can tell when he's happy with the way I played. I just think it's because he wants to keep me grounded. But, um, yeah, I think my mom is more, more off the field stuff and effort and heart and, you know, the way I take care of my body, I've learned a lot from her about eating the right stuff and, you know, trying to get as much sleep as possible. And I think with my dad, it's more about playing. But, uh, I mean, of course, they're both parents first and they help me with so many more, so many more things than just playing. So I'm really uh, thankful to have them in my life. When you talk to your dad after a game, what what are some of the specifics that you talk about? I mean, I, I think we always kind of start by, you know, saying just kind of speaking over the game as a whole where, you know, yesterday we had a game against a team that had 10 players like 30 meters in and behind in their goal. So it was 
almost to a point where it was like almost impossible to score and if we did but you know it's it's tough for an attacker to be like that so I guess you kind of have to analyze the game first and then and you always watch my games and I always think about it so I think we just kind of talk about the game in general and how the team played and then we kind of you know see um what I did well and what I didn't do well but I think he knows the right time where you know if I don't have a great game I think I think we would both know and I think he'll give me a little bit more space or maybe the next day talk like just bring bring some things up but um we don't we don't talk about it like in that that much in depth to be honest I just think he gives me some more tips about you know turning here turning there looking in the space there blah blah but it's never really like it never really is a drilled like we have to talk about it after every game it's just more casual and you know I usually bring it up and like we always just usually talk about the game and our, th- and our thoughts and see if there are any ideas that I can get or or if I can give him. But uh, yeah, it's usually just more free flowing and casual, just kind of, you know, two soccer, soccer junkies talking about it. I can't imagine how challenging this year has been, obviously for everyone, but for you in particular, you're 17 years old. You're living by yourself for the first time. You're a continent away from your family. You're dealing with a global pandemic. At one point late in the season, I read you thought you might have coronavirus, but it turned out to be strep throat. What do you do to get support through all this stuff? I think, I mean, my family is always, you know, the biggest support for me. So I'm always in contact with them. I call them two, three, four times a day. So, uh, and I'm always playing, you know, PlayStation with my little brother and talking to my sister too. So, um, I just think from them, it just comes from within, you know, we're a really tight family. And I think also I have a really tight, small group of friends that I, you know, I really love. And I, you know, I, you know, call them almost every day too. So I think those those people are the main ones that kind of motivate me every day and kind of inspire me. And, you know, of course I want to do this for myself, but, you know, I know in the back of my head that I want to make these people proud and, um, yeah, make them proud and just, you know, they've sacrificed so much for me, even my friends too, and of course my family. So I just think making all of them proud is, you know, where I can get a little bit of motivation from. But yeah, I mean, like you said, it was a really tough year. I didn't see my family for, for uh, I think, five months from the day before the first Champions League game to the end of the season, obviously. And then, yeah, I, I first kind of started living alone in this pandemic so you know I couldn't really go home and then there was a point where um I was training in groups of two and I only saw Holland for about two weeks or 10 days so it was really only seeing him and one fitness coach and then uh that's really it and then I come back here and then kind of wait to see what happens and you know the weather was cold and you know some some days were really really depressing and you know lonely but um yeah, like I said, I, I had I had the support from back home, and of course, I know all my friends and family would have loved to be here on their spring breaks or doing whatever they could to to be here. But um, like I said, this is really a unique and strange situation for myself to be here alone. But um, then, of course, the club has been super helpful, and they understand the situation for um, you know myself and a few of the young, other younger guys that you know really need help. But um, yeah, there are great people here that have helped me and, you know, some of the other guys have at, like, bring me to training and just really anything. They've invited me over to dinner. So, um, yeah, I've made some really good friends here. And, of course, uh, some staff members in the club have helped a lot, too. 
when I first lived in an apartment by myself, I was 20. I wasn't 17. And I didn't know at first how to use a French press coffee maker or cook chicken in the oven or use a corkscrew to open a bottle of wine, which is kind of embarrassing to say. But are there any particular things like that that you've learned how to do for the first time living by yourself? I just think for me was just maintaining a clean a clean apartment and a clean house is, you know, it's it's not as easy as it looks. You know, you come home from training and you're exhausted and you just want to take your shoes off and then uh, go slouch down on your couch or in your bed. And then, you know, after two or three days, you see like four or five pairs of shoes just laying around in, in like the little, the entrance outside the door. So I think, <laughs> I think, yeah, just slow and then just slowly like the little fuzzes and, you know, wiping down the table after you eat. I just think it's those things that... You know, I never really had to do, which I'm, I'm lucky I didn't have to. But, yeah, which I'm learning now. And, you know, I didn't really know how to do laundry in the beginning. And I mean, it, it makes it a little bit more difficult with, uh, with everything being in German. I think groceries was also difficult for me in the beginning. I didn't know um, what, some of the, what some of the titles said or what some of the, what some of the, like a type of milk was or what a type of granola was or whatever so I just think yeah there's a lot of things I'm still learning and you know I'm lucky enough I have a chef who who makes me great food every day so but still I mean I know eventually I'm gonna have to branch out and start to try to learn how to cook things but yeah I just think cleaning up and uh yeah cleaning up around the house and maintaining it clean is is is, is more difficult than it seems like and you know I give my mom props to you know keeping our house back home clean as it could be all the time. So it's really impressive. We're here with Gio Reyna uh, from Borussia Dortmund. Just a few more questions. Appreciate you taking this much time. Mm-hmm. Um, you were born in England when your dad was playing there. Uh, your family was friends, obviously, with the families of your dad's teammates. Who were some of the players you remember spending time around and having an influence on you as you grew up? In England, uh, to be fair, I don't really, I don't remember much. I moved back to America when I was, you know, four or five. So I don't really remember much, but um, I remember we, we did have great friends from there. And, you know, we had a great time in Manchester, especially. But, uh, yeah, we made some great friends more from mine and my older brother's school. So I think it was, uh, yeah, we had a great time there, but. Yeah, to be fair, I couldn't tell you too much about that. I, I don't really remember a lot. <laughs> One thing your dad did tell me, though, is that at the start you had kind of a mank accent. D- do you remember anything about that, and can you reproduce it today? No, I definitely can't re- reproduce anymore. I've, I've tried it a few times, maybe in front of Jaden and Jude, but, you know, I think their response told me to never, ever say it again. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, but I until I was about 10 or 11, I used to do it, like, I can do it really well, maybe 12 or 13 even, but I think slowly it's gone away. But uh, yeah, until I was about five or six, until I moved home, back to America, um, I had a strong Manc accent. So, I mean, I remember uh, when we moved up to America, people would always get, to kick out, get a kick out of it. And yeah, it was really funny. So <laughs> I know there are a few videos too where I say some things and I can't believe I like, had that accent, but yeah, it, it was cute. It was funny. <laughs> Um, so I've been to your family's house outside New York City there are a lot of amazing 
framed jerseys in different parts of the house on the walls from, from famous players. And a couple of weeks ago, I interviewed your dad and he had this framed Fabio Cannavaro Italy jersey behind mm. him from World Cup yeah, 2006. And, and he told me these stories about he got three Italy jerseys from that game somehow, which, which was pretty funny. Um, and it seems like you may have a shared interest to some extent in jerseys. What's the story behind you getting Kylian Mbappe shirt in Champions League? And, and what's the best strategy to go about getting an opponent's jersey? I mean, to be fair, Mbappe is the only one that I've uh, really had to branch out to get to. The other ones are, I think, only Americans right now. So um, I'm still working on it. But yeah, I just think it's really cool to be able to trade shirts with some of these guys that you play against and remember um, just the great games and the experiences you've had. So I think especially I'd always look at my dad's jerseys. And I remember Gerard, he had Henri, he had these players that, you know, our legend so I think hopefully when I have kids you know they can kind of look at it as the same thing or even you know a few years after my career I can look back and say wow I remember this game the beginning of my career I got Mbappe's jersey and stuff like that so um with Mbappe the situation was um I got in the second leg and the game was you know not going our way and you know one of our guys got or a little brawl sprawl or started those started to come out and out of nowhere really and then me and Mbappe were on the other side of the field and you know we didn't really get involved with the brawl but we just wanted to see if what was happening and kind of see if everyone was all right and then you know I was thinking about it before the game I was talking to my friends about it I was thinking either if I could get Neymar or Mbappe's shirt and then I just think you know this guy's the next generation he's leading the next generation so I just think yeah to be able to get a jersey I just kind of went up to him and said, hey, can I have your shirt after the game? He said, yeah, of course, you know, just come get it after the game and and you can have it. And then, uh, yeah, he was, he was super nice about it, but of course we lost, so I didn't want to spend so much time, you know, talking to him. I just wanted to go back to the locker room and, you know, I was still upset, but I just think, you know, there's some things that are bigger than bigger than the game and that was definitely one of them where I got, I got a, I still have to pinch myself sometimes, so. Just what does it feel like to play in a game of that magnitude at such a young age? Because that's like, that's so like, that's Mbappe, Neymar, that's PSG. Yeah, I mean, this is a game everybody in the world is watching. Yeah, that's the, that's the top of the top. And, you know, unfortunately we didn't win, but I mean, it was a really, really good, you know, two legs and we both competed really hard, but they came out on top eventually. But um, yeah, I think that was a really big step for me, especially in the first leg, you know, because in uh, the first month of, you know, after I made my debut, debut it was kind of, you know, just domestically in, in Germany that I was kind of known as a young talent. I think uh, I only showed that, I, you know, I'm ready for the Bundesliga and people weren't quite sure to see what was going to happen. And to be frightened, I wasn't sure what was going to happen either, if I was going to go in or if I was going to play that game against PSG, I thought... You know, maybe the coaches are going to think it's too big of a step, but, you know, um, Lucien Favre has been so good to me and, you know, given me a lot of playing time and showed his trust in me. So, uh, yeah, PSG was definitely, definitely, definitely probably the most special moment just the whole night. I just think the build up during the day, we were training in the morning and I don't even know why, but I feel like everybody in the city of Dortmund just kind of like shuts off during the day and you can just feel that there's something happening 
happening later in the day and then just training in that hotel all day and everybody's tuned in a little bit differently that night. And then, yeah, just on the bus to the stadium, it's it's a different feeling. You see the Champions League banners all on the stadium and then you get off the bus and, yeah, you see you're walking you're walking out to warm-ups against against Neymar and Mbappe really shoulder, like touching shoulders with you, which is crazy. So, um, th- yeah, that moment was another one where I saw those two, you know, right next to me. But, uh, yeah, I just think that that game kind of helped me put my name out, not only to Germany, but to the world, kind of show that I could play at this level um, consistently. So, um, yeah, that was definitely, I'd say, the highlight of my, my young career so far that night. A lot of... U.S. national team fans are really excited about the possibilities with you and, and other young rising stars. How do you see your game fitting in with Christian Pulisic and Tyler Adams and Weston McKinney? Um, I, I think it. I'm really, really excited to go in, first of all, um, over the last two years, you know. I've been one of the standouts in the youth team, and I knew, I knew, you know, if I just kept on working and, you know, made my breakthrough in the pro team that I would, you know, get my chance there. And unfortunately, it's been uh, postponed due to corona. But, yeah, I'm still, I'm still, you know, I'm so excited to get in whenever we can next time. I think maybe it'll be October or November. But, uh, um, yeah, I just think in terms of Christian, I, you know, I remember the last two U-17 World Cups ago, I was watching them, and that's kind of when the first, you know, I first recognized him and then slowly he break through, broke out at Dortmund and then, you know, of course for, he's doing, he's at Chelsea now and he's obviously, you know, a world-class player already. And I just, you know, Juventus, uh, Juventus just signed Weston and I just think you don't really have to explain anything else. If Juventus wants you, it's obviously because you're a top player and, you know, top, top talent. So um, that's obviously a huge move for him. And I think Tyler Adams also, I think, you know, he scored a goal in the Champions League semifinal. So, I mean, I guess that's really all you have to say. But I, I think, you know, it's not only those guys, but I think Josh Sargent um, has shown what he can do. I think it's, it was a tough situation for him and Brayman. But I think if he gets in the right system, I think he can be really, really good too. And then, you know, Timothy Weah and other young guys that are coming through. Uh, yeah, it's definitely an exciting generation. But, uh, yeah, I think Weston and Tyler, hopefully, you know, maybe if I play as a 10 or – you know, get a chance to attend and they could play underneath me, I think, you know, it'd be perfect for me and, you know, some of the attackers because, you know, they're both defensive beasts and, you know, can kind of, you know, clean everything up behind me where I don't have to worry about um, what's behind me. And, you know, of course, I need to defend and take responsibility, but, you know, they just give me a sense of, sense of, you know, security and, yeah, just that they're there whenever I need them to kind of clean things up. And I think they kind of will know too that, that's their role and you know of course they can both help attacking wise but I think you know they see that they have good attackers going forward and I think uh, it'll give us a good freedom to you know be creative up top and you know combine with Christian and me and Josh and Josie whoever it is and for the next few years and then we'll see what happens but I think yeah I just think it's really really good balance and I think you know we have a lot of good guys coming through right now and you know I'm really excited to to play for the national team and with these guys. Do you find yourself thinking a lot about what it would be like if you could play with those guys in the World Cup in two years? Yeah, I mean, of course. I, I mean, I, I'm always thinking about, um, you know, playing with the national team. And, you know, it's just it's a different responsibility. You're representing something so much bigger than 
than yourself and you're representing a whole country. But I think I think that's a little bit too far for me to look into. And of course I've thought about it before and of course I want to be there and of course I want to be playing for playing and starting in those games in the World Cup. But I think for now I just think the main thing is, you know, try to insert myself into the team and, you know, become a regular and then work work my way more and more and, you know, hopefully within the next year I can be a certified starter and, you know, with more game time here at Dortmund and just keep on learning and improving from the staff here and of course staff and national team and the players here and of course the players at the national team too so um, I think our main goal is obviously first need to qualify that's just the one thing that I think obviously I wasn't there in the last the last cycle but I think that still is in the back of a lot of people's minds that you know we have to qualify still because we didn't last time we have to prove something again so um, but yeah like I said with this group I know we're more than capable of qualifying and uh, yeah I'm sure we're going to qualify this time Last question, what are the things that you want to achieve in this sport? In this sport? I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to say, I guess. Of course, I want to play at the highest level. I want to, you know, play in World Cups to start. I want to win titles with USA. I want to, you know, be as successful with them as possible. Um, I would like to one day hopefully captain the national team, which is obviously down the line, but, you know, that's definitely a goal is to be the captain eventually. Um... I think on a, on a personal and, and a club note, I think, yeah, just play at the highest level. I want to play in Champions League finals. I want to um, play in all the biggest tournaments. I want to win win league titles wherever, wherever, it may be, wherever it may be. But for now, I'm, you know, with Dortmund and I couldn't be happy enough. But I think, I think it's also tough to say because I haven't fully broken out yet. So people aren't really sure exactly what to expect. But I mean, I think, you know, the people that, you know, can see that I've been doing well in training recently can see that, uh, you know, I'm going to work hard and, you know, I'm determined to be hopefully one day, you know, a world-class player. So I want to be, you know, a top player in, in the world one day and up there with up there with the best. So, yeah, I just want to play in Champions Leagues and, you know, play in the highest leagues. Gio Reyna and Borussia Dortmund begin the Bundesliga season on September 19th at home against Borussia Mönchengladbach. ESPN has all those games this year, either on TV or on ESPN+. Gio, congratulations on what you're doing over there. and Thanks for coming on the show. Of course. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Football with Grant Wall. If you like the podcast, you could do me a huge favor and hit that subscribe button and provide a rating and a review. I can't tell you how much that helps people find us. I'd like to thank Gio Reyna as well as producer Chris Whittingham. I also want to thank Taylor Rockwell and Daryl Grove of the Total Soccer Show for everything they've done to help get this show off the ground. I'm back soon with another interview of someone from the soccer world. Be safe, everyone. See you next time.